TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You're listening to Eye on the Community. I'm Vicki Pepper. Eastville resident Stacy Conley has spent the past two years doing the unthinkable, navigating her teenage daughter's journey with cancer. Sadly, Addie lost her fight in October, just a few days after her 18th birthday, but her legacy lives on through the hashtag Team Addie through her parents who are advocating for change, and through the nonprofit she established to help other kids battling cancer, Addie's Blankets of Love. Stacy's here today to tell us about Addie. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so very much for having me. It's not often, Stacy, that I start crying before the interview even starts. That has happened today. So I feel like there's going to be a lot of tears, but also a lot of laughs right now. For sure, Vicki Pepper. There's, it's just amazing. Addie was, you know, a force. Tell us about life before cancer. It was pretty good. My girl, she lit up every room she walked into. And of course, you know, COVID hit in March and the kids' school got stopped. Her and Andy were in, that's our our youngest boy, they were inseparable. So they went to high school together and they came home and the next day we were told school stopped. So that was pretty crazy. And like most people, we didn't know what to do, but we quickly figured it out that we're vacation people. So we took off for Pirate's Cove and we (laughs) literally lived in our trailer there with a group of our best friends for on and off for a couple months and they did online schooling and we just we were just really busy living Uh, we just did all the fun things because I always said we can make more money we can't make more time so that's always been our life goal is to make memories so we were out busy you know living living literally our best lives and just having a great time Addie liked to do all the things Addie liked to go off-roading Addie liked to ride the motorcycles Chris had a motorcycle forever so she would love to go riding with Chris Chris your husband Chris is my husband yeah Addie's dad she loved to go boating she loved to go tubing she loved to ride the sea-doos Addie loved to do anything and everything outdoors, which was always crazy because Addie was really, really pale skin. Chris is Irish, so she had really, really <laughs> pale skin. And the sun was not Addie's friend, but she always wanted to be doing. We were never people that just sat around. We were literally on a weekend trip planning our next weekend trip because we were always about making some more memories. And she was just just the best absolute best. How was she diagnosed? So we had went to Hawaii in May of 2021 and that was because our son Joshua was graduating and we always take the kids on a graduation trip. So we had taken Josh. Well, when we got there, Addie's allergic to Tide. And we didn't know because we stayed in Airbnb. She woke up in the next morning with a rash on her face, just a little bit by her cheek and by her ear. We thought, oh, geez, they probably washed these sheets in tides. We quickly went to Walmart, got some, you know, all detergent, washed the sheets, and we thought she'd be better and gave her some Benadryl. The rash got worse. It got a little bit more on her on her cheek, a little bit more down her neck, became more of an itchy thing. Chris took her to the local urgent care really quick, just, hey, what is this? The doctor literally came out to the car. You didn't even go inside in Hawaii <laughs> urgent care. And he said, oh, definitely just an allergic reaction to something that she must have been touching. It also might be because it's humid. It's Hawaii. And she's not used to wearing a paper mask with humidity. We're from California. It's not humid here. So we just didn't have her wear a mask. But of course, it was still during COVID. So there wasn't really anybody out. And the things that we did were out and about like adventure stuff. So we didn't really do the touristy things. We kind of did our own thing. So we weren't around anybody outside of our family. And then, of course, Cindy and Steve and Sebastian and their family. With that, we just kept giving her Benadryl. She just kept pushing through. And it looked almost kind of like a little bit hives on her face, but nothing terrible. It actually went away on day five. And she never complained. She would just say it was kind of itchy. So we would put some cortisone cream on it that the doctor had given us. But again, nothing crazy. We then go home. And looking back, of course, it's it's different. But in the moment, she just kind of seemed like lethargic and more just not as outgoing as Addie normally was and kind of cranky. Which Addie was never cranky. She was always just a happy-go-lucky kid. And I kept asking her, like, what's going on? Are you okay? You know, she was dating Sebastian. I'm like, are you guys fighting? Are you not getting along? What's happening? And she's like, no, I don't know why. I just don't. I'm just kind of like, you know, 
crumpy. I just want to go back to school. I just, I miss my friends. And I'm like, okay. So I remember calling the doctor and making her appointment, but they didn't have one till June. But it wasn't that big. It was like two weeks out. It wasn't a super big deal, but it was a big deal. So I'm like, okay, well, if you have any cancellations, please let us know because maybe her hormones are off. Maybe there's like something going on and she's like, okay, we'll, we'll figure this out. So we go, she goes, ends up going for a week, well, four days with our best friend, Lisa, to have a suit with her best friend, Emma. And they're there and Lisa calls me and she's like, I forgot, Addie's allergic to Tide and I wash everything in Tide here. Addie woke up with a sore throat. So I talked to Addie on the phone. I'm like, baby, you want me to come pick you up? And she's like, no, I'm okay. I'm just kind of tired because I didn't sleep good last night. So then Lisa, of course, rewashes all of her stuff and all because the Tide allergy was newer. We didn't use Tide at home, but if she was somewhere else and they had, it didn't really bother her. Nothing like the rash on her face and now the sore throat. So Lisa got her some sore throat medicine out there, gave her Benadryl again. And within a day, she was fine, but she was tired. But Emma was tired too. So again, I call the doctor and he's like, Stace, if you want to bring her in next week, you can. We'll see her. But I really just think all of these kids right now with COVID, with the last year of COVID, they're just real kind of like dumpy. Like it's been a year. They're not Mm. seeing their friends. They're not getting to do all the things they got to do. The world had been shut down for such a long time. And even though we were still living and vacationing, it wasn't the same. So that Thursday, we go out to the river. Addie now had been there Monday through Thursday, and she's feeling fine. We grab her Thursday. We go to Pirate's Cove. On Friday, we're there, and she's out her normal self. She's playing in the water. She's riding the sea-doos. She's out on the raft on the boat and just living. So I'm like, okay. I said, she just needs to be out more. It's hard. Being a teen is just hard as it is. And that Saturday, Addie's like, I've got a bump on my leg. And she always called me best friend. She's like, best friend, I have a bump on my leg. I'm like, well, let me see it, honey. So she went in the back, laid on the bed. And I'm looking at her leg and I'm like, oh my gosh, what is that? And she's like, I don't know. I'm like, did you get bit by something? So I call Lisa and she's like, Stace, I don't, I mean, my house is regularly like the bug guy comes. I don't have any spiders that I've noticed. And I'm like, okay, it's just, it looks like a spider bite, a little tiny pin size, but it's hurting her that night we kind of go through and I'm like let me put some ice on it she's like no it's okay best friend I'm good the next morning she wakes up with a sore throat and she's saying that her leg is now really hurting it's actually making her whole leg hurt and for a moment looking back of course not the best parenting but it was kind of funny because Addie's dramatic like she had a hangnail and you thought her thumb was gonna fall (laughs) everything was super super dramatic. I would always tell her like, come here, you little drama queen. And then she would like, we would just joke and because she was very girly and very dramatic. So the next day she got up and she's like, it just hurts really bad. I don't want to go in the water. I'm like, okay, do you just want to go home? And she's like, no, I don't want to go home. I'm like, okay, then we won't. We'll, we'll look at it tomorrow. Well, Sunday she gets up and again, she's saying it's hurting. Well, this day she's like, I could barely walk and she's limping. Not barely walking. She's just kind of not putting a lot of pressure on that leg. And again, kind of dramatic. And I'm like, can you walk normal or is you in that much pain? I'm going to take you to the hospital. She walks normal. And she's like, no, but it does hurt. And I'm like, okay. I said, so you want me to take you to the hospital, Addie, or you want me you want to go home? She's like, no, I don't want to leave. And I'm like, sweetheart, you're not going to have any fun if you're not feeling good. And she's like, no, it's just my leg's kind of sore. And it was like right in her groin area. So it was more the way that she walked not now it wasn't her whole leg hurting it was just that little spot so i'm like come on babe let's just go home so we pack up our toys and we go home we get home and on monday she's at home and she's like it doesn't really hurt anymore so she takes a bath and she's like it feels better i'm like okay cool i said i'm still gonna take you to the doctor so tuesday morning i call our pediatrician and i'm like hey i need to get addie in i said now she's got this bump on her leg not sure what it is and she's still kind of like crabby which is not addie and he's like, yeah, no problem, Stacey, come in today at three o'clock. So we go in that afternoon and I ask him, can you just do some like lab work? Maybe there's an imbalance. Like, can you figure that out? I don't want her struggling. And if we could help her, just tell me what we need to do. So we go in. He's like, let me look at this bump. He's going to swab the bump on her leg. And she's like, oh, my God, that hurts so bad. That hurts so bad. And I'm like, Addie, are you OK? And she's like, yes. Now there's tears. Addie did not cry. And I'm like, Addie, oh my gosh. So I'm, I'm texting Chris. I'm like, Addie is really upset. Then, of course, he comes in because he was like two minutes behind us. And I'm like, babe, she's crying. And he's like, I know, Addie, you're okay. And she's like, I'm okay. It just hurts really bad. He's like, I'm going to start her on some Bactrim. I'll send it off for a sample. Looks maybe like it's a staph infection from maybe a spider bite or some coral or an ingrown hair. And we'll just get it taken care of. So he gives her Bactrim. 
And I'm like, okay. He goes, I'll have the results by Friday. Because this is Tuesday, because Monday had been a holiday. So Friday, I call and I'm like, hey, any of the results back? And the nurse is like, hey, Dr. Lou wants to talk to you. He gets on the phone and he's like, actually, it says it's skin cells. How is it doing now? Yeah. And I'm like, skin cells? He goes, yeah, it doesn't say any infection at all. Have her keep taking the Bactrim, though. It should make it better. Okay, cool. So that weekend, and she's still saying it's bothering her, but not like it was. And now I'm like, okay, are you being less dramatic or are you just kind of getting used to it? And I'm watching it and it doesn't, it's not getting any bigger, but it's definitely not getting any smaller. So as we go through the motions that weekend, we actually are going to Florida. We're going to go see Gabe and Tara. So our oldest son is a police officer and he was getting, he's going to go on a, a trip across the United States. Addie is so excited. They have it all planned out. And we go to Florida. We're there for the weekend. Have the greatest time. Again, she's kind of tired, but nothing extreme. But she'd always been the tired kid. Like always was the napper. This has been her whole life that I've known her. And I'm like, well, I'm not sure. You know, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. That night we get home and she says that it's hard to turn her neck. And I'm like, what do you mean your neck hurts, honey? And she's like, I don't know. Just when I turn my neck to the left, it kind of hurts. And I said, okay, I said, well, I'm going to take you back to the doctor tomorrow. She's like, okay. So the next day we go back to the doctor and the doctor does another skin sample on that. And I'm like, and her neck hurts. And he's like, no, she's fine. You know, probably just slept on it wrong. And she's like, oh yeah, that's probably what it is. I didn't sleep good. And I'm like, okay. Again, everything has an explainable reason. Nothing seems out of the ordinary. Nothing seems crazy of why this is happening. So he does another skin sample on it and he now it's like a little hole instead of where before it was kind of sealed and he had to dig in it. Now there's a little hole there and he's like, I feel like it might have been maybe some kind of a cyst that ruptured, but we'll figure it out now because now there's a hole. I'll make sure I get enough of the whatever the liquid is on the little Q-tip to send to the lab. I'm like, can we please run labs this time? And he's like, no, that's not necessary. You know, he goes, what is it with your mom wanting to just to run labs? Like what she wants you to be poked or something. And then Addie gets upset and she's like, yeah, why do you want them to put a needle in me? And I'm like, no, I don't want that. I just want to know what's going on. And your blood will tell us, honey. I said, something's not sitting right. And he's like, no, it, labs aren't warranted. Just settle down. And I'm like, okay, this has now been my kid's doctor since, you know, Gabriel's 23, going to be 24 since Gabriel was two. I trust him. Fast forward that following week, it's like dripping a lot. So I'm like, I think she's anemic. I call him on Friday. He's like, okay, Stacy, we don't have the results yet. I'm just waiting for them. Friday evening, he calls and he says, it's nothing. It just says again, skin cells. It had to have been some form of assist. So it's all explainable. But now I have to put gauze and tape on Addie's, this little sore on Addie's leg because it's stripping. And he's like, well, that's just, if there is any infection left, it's just oozing out. That's normal. It just needs to heal. It's just in an odd place. You know, the way that her pants probably rub it. There's just things happening. And again, all explainable. I'm like, okay, I'm just really worried about her. The following Monday, Addie has a bruise on her arm. And now it's really hard for her to move her neck. And she's really tired. And I'm like, where did that bruise on your arm come from? And she looks at it. And I'll never forget her look on her face. She looks at it. And then she looks at me. And I'm like, what happened to you? And she's like, I don't even know. And I'm like, I'm telling you right now. Was it a big bruise? A big bruise. I'm like, you better be being honest with me. What happened to you? That bruise, you you remember hitting something, someone smacking you. And she's like, best friend, nothing happened. So I'm like, Chris, come here. And he comes in. I'm like, baby, look at her arm. And he's like, how do you not know what happened, Addie? And she's like, I don't know. And then I look at her legs and she's got a couple of bruises on her legs. So she hadn't had them before. And I'm like, okay. I said, we're going to the doctor. Something's not right. We get to the doctor and Chris has a G and the door kind of shut on Addie's arm. And then I looked at Addie's arm and she's like, see, and all of a sudden within seconds, Addie has a bruise on her arm from the door hitting it, which the Jeep doors don't close really hard. Like it just literally swung a little bit short on her arm. And I was like, how did you get a bruise like that? I mean, that's happened to me a million times and it's never been a problem. And she's like, I don't know. See, I told you, best friend, it's just weird. Something's wrong with my skin right now. I just keep bruising. Probably because I'm not getting enough sun because, you know, she's so pale. And I'm like, and I'm not sure what's happening. So we go inside. We sit down with the doctor and he's like, it's one of three things. She's either anemic. She either has some kind of anioplastic some, there's a syndrome or she has leukemia. And I look at him and I'm like, 
what? I said, just let's talk about being anemic, okay? Because I see Eddie's face and I see Chris's face. And I'm like, oh, my God, they're, one of them is going to fall out. This is not mm-hmm. good. And he's like, well, if you're anemic, it happens the same thing. I'm leaning more towards anemia. Let's just figure it out. You need to go run labs. So we go and run labs, he says, which still, anytime anyone says this to me, it just drives me crazy. No news is good news. Such a lie. No news means they haven't done their job yet. Whether you're in the trucking industry, the doctors, the hospitals, wherever you're at, that is such a lie. So that night, about four o'clock, I call him like, hey, you ordered those labs stat. Are the labs in yet? And he's like, no, they're not in. And I did order them stat. So that means they'll be here in the morning. And again, he tells me no news is good news. At this point in time, I'm going to believe what he's telling me. Now I know better. That's no news is good news is a lie. But it's still... Like, I don't understand what's taking so long. So now I'm looking at everything and just putting the pieces together. You know, she's tired. Also, it goes with COVID, but it also goes with leukemia. She has bruising, goes with anemic, goes with leukemia. All of these things are coming up. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, Addie has six of the eight symptoms of leukemia. But they're also symptoms that you could just you could explain them all. They're not anything that's obscene that you're like, how'd you miss this? No, they're very simple symptoms. Headaches not pounding headaches, just a light headache, uh, not hungry. I remember taking her to lunch and she ordered wings and those are her favorite things ever to eat. And she ate one. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why did you order those, honey, if you weren't hungry? And she's like, I thought I was, but then I was full. Feeling full is a sign of leukemia, mm-hmm. even though you haven't ate, which is, again, things that, you know, we're not, I wasn't educated in cancer. I didn't know these things. I'm just a, just a typical mom that that is relying heavily on doctors, which I've learned you cannot do. And the next morning I call, and I'm like, what's going on? Have we have any results yet? And they're like, no, we don't have them. Chris is working. I'm in the front yard watering the grass. I come back inside because I need a few minute break. I come back inside and uh, Addie's laying on the couch. And I'm like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm just really tired. I feel her head. She's got a little bit of a low grade fever. First time Addie's had a fever in, I'd say years. Like Addie didn't get sick. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you have a fever. So I call the doctor back and he's like, let me see what I could do with those results. I'll never forget. At 1.38, my husband calls Chris and he's like, babe, doctor's on the phone. He wants to talk to both of us. And I'm like, okay, what's going on? And he switches over and he's like, I don't know how to tell you this, but you need to get Addie to the hospital right now. Addie has leukemia. I remember looking at the clock. I'll never forget it. It's 1.38. At this time, it's 1.39. I remember my son, Josh, sitting across from me. Addie was sitting to the right of me on the couch. And Josh sitting across from me next to the TV, kind of leaned against the little TV thing. And then we had Nathan and Andy sitting in the living room, too. We were all just together. And I remember thinking, hold it together. Hold it together. Hold it together. And I must have been saying that to myself, but my expression on my face did not say that. Joshua immediately comes over and sits next to me and puts his arm around me. And then Nathan is standing in front of me and Andy sits down and then Andy gets up and he sits next to Addie. And Addie stands up and she's like, what is wrong with me? And I said, sweetheart, I'm going to need you to go pack a bag, okay? I'm going to go upstairs real quick and change my clothes and we're going to go to the hospital. They figured out what's wrong and why you don't feel good. And she's like, what's wrong with me? And I said, baby girl, you're sick, okay? We're just going to go to the hospital right now. And She's like, I have leukemia, don't I? said you do and I'm so sorry but we're gonna figure this out okay and I'm now I'm crying my kids are all crying Addie is standing there just bawling I get up and I'm, I'm holding her and I feel like there's underneath my feet I know I'm standing on the ground but I feel like I can't even stand I don't even know how I'm standing but I'm standing it was the most wild feeling I grab her, I hold her in my arms. I'm just like, we're going we're gonna to be okay. You're going to be okay. We're going to figure this out, okay? And she's like, like it didn't. I'm like, I know, but it's different. Honey, that was a long time ago. And she's like, Brandon didn't. And I'm like, I know, baby, but it's going to be different, okay? And she starts naming all of these kids that we know that have had pediatric cancer that didn't make it. And I'm like, you're different. You're going to be okay. I said, come on, honey, let's go get the bag together. Within minutes, Chris is home. Uh, I put Addie in the car. She walks to the car, like normal, just walks to the car. I have a pillow, and she's like, why are you bringing a pillow, best friend? Don't you think I'll be home tonight? And I said, sweetheart, 
I have no idea when we're going to be home, but you know me, I'm going to need a pillow. I need my own pillow. And she's like, okay, best friend. And I just, I honestly just grabbed it and I grabbed a really soft blanket. And that's kind of where I believe Addie's blankets of love started to be born. We get to the hospital. We walk into to ER. They're waiting for us. Within seconds, they're calling us to the back and everything is just a whirlwind. It's literally just happening so fast. I had started a group text on our way to the hospital with our kids. Well, we all have one and it's just, it's our family group text that actually said bigs and littles. And now I'm creating a group text with everything without Addie because I want them to know what's happening without scaring her. And we're just literally running on adrenaline and the fear of our lives. This is our baby. They put Addie in the trauma at Chuck and she's there and probably... I don't know, within 30 minutes or so, I'm standing outside of her. It's, it's Chris and I with her. And then I'm standing outside and I'm just crying hysterically. Addie never wanted to see anyone cry. Addie barely cried. And I'm sitting outside by the bathroom and I'll, I'll never forget this. I hear a nurse and she tells one of the doctors, she's like, don't forget dead man walking bed too. And I looked over and I'm like, what did she just say? I know what I heard her say, but I had to process what she said. And I remember looking over and right above her little area, number two. So I go to the counter and I ask the nurse, I'm like, excuse me. And I call her by her name, but I don't want to call her out on the radio. And I said, "Uh, you just said dead man walking in bed too. And she said, who are you? I said, I'm Addie's bonus mom. That's my husband, her dad over there. That's my daughter, bed two. And she said, I'm so sorry. I didn't recognize that someone was standing over there. I said, okay, but now that you did and I heard you, what does that mean? And she said, the doctor will be with you shortly. I said, no, no, no. I need you to explain to me right now what that means. That's my daughter. And she said, we're going to try to figure it out, but the doctor will be right with you. Okay, ma'am, I'm not at liberty to tell you. Within about three minutes, the doctor's at Addie's bedside. And now it's Chris and I and Sebastian, because Sebastian, of course, rushes to the hospital to be with us and to be with her and her brothers are all sitting outside. There's this big crowd of people, of course, you know, outside, just just our people that our kids have now told what's happening. And while I'm standing there and I'm listening to the doctor again, I feel like it's an out of body experience, like I'm listening, but I'm not hearing anything he's saying. And then I'm hearing everything he's saying and the whole world around me is happening, almost like in a movie where it's slow motion. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You're in slow motion. Everyone's moving around you really, really fast. It's what it feels like to me. And he said, um, if you didn't bring Addie in today, she probably wouldn't be here tomorrow. And I said, I don't understand. And he said, her platelets are non-existent and her hemoglobin is 2.8. The fact that she hasn't had a heart attack or a stroke is a miracle in itself. I'm like, okay, what does she need? And he's like, she needs blood and we have a critical shortage. So you need to tell anybody and everybody you can. They need to start donating right now. Okay. They start giving her blood. They start giving her platelets. Within about six hours, they take us up to ICU. And again, everything is happening at lightning speed. It's just happening so fast, so quick. We're not even sure what way is up and what way is down. And people are, you know, our friends are reaching out to us, but we can't even respond to them. Like our whole focus is just Addie and talking to these doctors. And where are we going to figure out? That night they said that everybody that's standing outside is because there's probably 10 or 12 people outside. They can come upstairs to her ICU room. In that moment, I don't recognize or realize that this is going to be an anomaly and it's never going to happen again. They do not allow visitors like this. But looking back, they didn't think Addie was going to make it through the night. So they were letting, again, she's talking, she's smiling, she's super irritated that her ICU room has a toilet that's under the sink that has a little cabinet that swings open. And that's where she's going to have to use the bathroom. And she's just like, I need a door. That's not going to work for me. And they're just like in awe that this kid is still, again, just talking and, and normal because there's no possible way she could be. 
the doctor comes in later and he goes, I need to talk to you both outside. And I said, I would really appreciate it if you just talk to us in front of her. We don't lie to her. And he said, we need to first discuss this outside. And I'm like, Addie, is that okay with you? And she's like, yeah, of course. And Chris is like, are you sure, Addie? Because, you know, we don't lie to you. And she's like, no, you can go talk to him. I'll talk to my friends because in this time, you know, her people are there. And uh, we walk in his office and it's by ICU. And he's like, I've been an ICU doctor for 20 something years. I don't remember what he told us. And he said, "Uh, I've never seen levels like this where they've actually came in still alive. Wow. Then he goes, so your little girl is a miracle because she shouldn't be alive right now start to rack my brain of, can you please run laps? Can you please run laps? Where are we at? What's going on? You know, just, and the dismissiveness of our medical doctors now, because I had been asking for two weeks and no one was doing Mm. anything. He says the labs are back for Addie and she has acute myeloid leukemia, AML. And I remember he goes, you've probably never heard of this before. Our friend Tracy's son passed away a year before with AML. Lakin had AML. We've heard of AML. We are not a stranger to AML. He said, um, it's a really hard cancer to beat, but she's already defeating the odds. Again, just walking in here today. So I think you'll have a good outcome. So we walk back in. I'm like, okay, can you explain that to her, please? And we'll, of course, talk to her too, but she needs to hear it from you what's happening. I mean, you know, she's almost 17. Like, she's she's not five. Like, she understands. So he comes in and he tells her, and then she again starts to get a little emotional and she's like wait my friends died with AML and he says well you're not going to and she said okay and he said you know people that had AML Uh, your parents told me you did and she said I I do Blaken and of course Stacy's with us so she's crying and Brandon and uh, Tracy's our dear friend and he had AML too and He said, okay, well, you're not going to be like them. You're going to beat this. And you have some angels up in heaven on your side. And of course, we're just crying because, and then she's like, of course, Stacy's crying again. She's been crying all day. She's reliving this. Yes. And I'm like, okay, honey. I said, it's okay. And I'm looking at my friend Stacy and she's crying and I'm crying. And Addie's telling me that I'm crying again. And now I've got the whole room crying. And I'm like, no, baby, it's just, it's just a lot. We're just processing, you know, you're you're amazing like you just handle everything and with such grace and we're the emotional people in the room Addie's in ICU for three days and it's again we don't really talk to many people we don't leave her room we don't leave her side and we are just there hanging on with every moment that we're going to save our girl it wasn't until Thursday evening that they will us down to the fifth floor of the it's oncology floor Chuck I didn't know about this I didn't know this life existed like it does I see cancer kids on the St. Jude commercials I've never seen them in real life in abundance like I'm walking with Addie my beautiful girl down the hallway in her hospital bed and at this point we're starting to recognize this isn't going to end anytime soon this is going to be a long stay I've researched now AML there's a lot with AML, it's not like ALL where you have three years of treatment and the prognosis is, you know, 95% or better. AML is not an easy cancer. It is very hard and you don't get out of it without having a bone marrow transplant. That's just another added feature of AML and the, the cards that Addie was dealt. So we're there the next morning. We have a morning meeting with the doctor and I was so, so upset with her. It was so hard because I'll never forget her. Um, there's very few people I don't like in this world, and she happens to be one of them. The way that she handled Addie and the way that she handled Addie's case, there's a before and there's an after. She sat us down and she gave us all this paperwork. And she said, you need to go through this paperwork. You need to research this. And I want to tell you about Addie's cancer. In most cases, AML is a terminal cancer. It's not curable unless we get the first induction. It's called induction. The first round of chemo induction. If we can get her numbers to come down significantly or back down to zero, we have a really good chance. If we don't, it becomes less and less likely that she beats this. I mean, this literally within the first five minutes. And I, I mean, shoot me straight. Don't don't lie to me. Tell me what happened so I know what we're doing, so I know what it looks like, so I'm aware of who we are and what's happening. I said, but... It was so difficult because she then starts to explain to us about chemo 
and chemo for kids and how disgusted she is with this chemo because chemotherapy is a minimum 40 years old and it was never designed for children. It's designed for adults and they actually give kids more chemo than they give adults because kids can withstand more than, than adults can. But it's adult chemo. It was never and it's old like AML chemo or leukemia chemo is 40 plus years old. So she tells us all of these horror stories of this old chemo. Then she says, but then there's this really smart scientist that found this drug and it's for relapse AML. So if you relapse an AML, it's now approved by the FDA to give it to you if you relapse. And it's shown huge, huge strides in putting people in remission for a second time. She said, so now this really smart scientist, I'll never forget those words. This really smart scientist said, hey, if it works in relapse, it should work in first time AML patients. So we're able to use it now. If Addie needs, has a chance, you need to use this chemo. Okay, sign us up. Let's just use that chemo. Well, it's not like that. There's a randomization. You have to be randomized to do this. It's a clinical trial. Now, it's not like a real clinical trial where part of it's, you know, sugar pills and the rest of it's actual chemo. She'll get chemo. She'll just get the old chemo that doesn't work or she'll have a chance at the new chemo that does work really, really well and has shown in relapse chemo to have a, a great prognosis of putting them back in remission within two rounds. Okay, and a round is six weeks. So it's not like a round is five or six days and it's literally six weeks of, well, it's chemo and then waiting for your counts to come back up. So we're like, okay, sign us up for that. But of course, it's Addie's decision. It's not our decision. And she's like, okay. She goes, but if it, I said, what if it were your kid? And she said, I would do the trial drug because it's way better. The other drugs, they just don't work. So she, she puts so much emphasis and heaviness on this new trial drug. And if you don't do this trial drug, you're pretty much just saying you didn't care about Addie. That's how she made us feel in the room. And there was five of us in there. So all of us felt the same way. She then says, okay, so we'll sign you up for the trial drug. We'll get this figured out. Everything's happening. Okay, perfect. Let's just get out on it again. I feel like we're in this kind of like the matrix where everything's happening around us and we're trying to just understand it. But it's heavy and there's a lot and it's just happening at such a rapid pace and you're having to make decisions now. You don't get to go home and make think about them. You don't get to research them. It's like you need to decide right now what you're doing. She needs to start chemo today. Like this is aggressive cancer. She's 96% leukemia. Like her white blood count was 168,000. You have to do something now. You don't have any time. The ICU days were just to stabilize her. Now you have a chance to fight. Okay, let's fight with everything we have. We talked to Addie. We know what we want to do, but what does she want to do? It's not our decision. She's an adult. I mean, she's not legally an adult, but she's an adult. So she explains it to Addie and Addie's like, I want to do the trial drug. I don't want to do the old drug. Why would anyone want to do the old drug? Especially she goes, I want to live. I don't want to die. And we don't even tell her how we feel until she says, well, what do you guys want? And we said the trial drug too. It won't be until 4.30 that afternoon when they're getting ready to start Addie's medicine that a really soft-spoken representative of the hospital comes in. She's a social worker. And she's like, um, hi, guys. I just wanted to let you know. I'll never forget her voice either. That Addie was randomized to group A, which is standard care. And we'll be starting that in about 30 minutes. Again, I feel the world fall out from beneath my feet. Standard care. We were told this morning for an hour that standard care, she'll die. Standard care doesn't work. Standard care is 40 years old. We opted for the trial. What is wrong with you? Why are you not giving us the trial? And she's like, I'm sorry, it's a randomization and the computer does it. Just, you know, the luck of the draw. She doesn't get the trial. Addie again, third time in four days starts to cry, which probably more crying that week than she did the entire journey that she had. I started chemo that night. It's just, it's a mess. And you must have felt so helpless. 100%. Because no matter what we do, I'm like, is it money? I'll give it to you. I have a 401k. I have friends that have money. We'll pool our money. What do I need to do to get that? And she's like, you can't. You, you can't it's do like that. It's like this carrot that had been dangled in front of you and then taken away. The only thing that we were told would say that. And here we are with, we don't get it. And I remember being so upset. And the sad part is now as you research more, we could have. We were told we couldn't, but at a later date, we get a clinical trial that we were told we couldn't get that either. You just have to know people, which is a sad part of this world. So we start that chemo. Addie goes through it. Gabe and Tara are getting married in September. They had put their wedding on hold from 2020 because of COVID. They're going to now get married in September 2021. And now here Addie is sick. 
and Tara is an absolute mess. And she's like, and that's Addie's sister. Addie always called Tara her sister. And she says, what are we going to do about my wedding? Will Addie be able to go to my wedding in September? And I remember the doctor pulling out her calendar and she's saying, induction is this date. This is where we're at. This week she should be good. And it's the week of July, like July 21st, that week. And she said, if you want Addie to be at your wedding, your best bet is to have it this week of July. And Tara's like, okay, we'll make it happen. She says, we've already paid for everything in San Diego. Like we were supposed to get married and then COVID hit. And she says, Addie can't be more than 30 minutes away from the hospital. You'll need to pick a new venue. That is if you want Addie at your wedding. So Tara goes and they just literally start to rush around the world looking for a venue that could be 30 minutes from Chuck that has a place for Addie to rest when she's tired that keeps her away from everybody else in the world and gets her to a place where Addie could be a part of this wedding. They find it. Everything is condensed, crunched, and we put a wedding together in three weeks. That's amazing. Yeah. And it was the most beautiful wedding on the beach. It was a perfect day. So we check back in at the end of July for Addie and we start round two. When we start round two, they tell us that Addison... um, excuse me, back up a little bit, Addison tests positive for the flip gene, which is FLT3 mutation. AML has different mutations, and this is one of the worst mutations you can have because it's constantly changing the seismology of the cancer cells themselves, the genetics of them. So the chemo now, especially being standard care, isn't mature enough and you know advanced enough to figure out how to kill this. So now we're having to take another drug, which is called Glitterman, and they call it Glitter, She's having to take that drug too. It's a chemo, but it's specifically designed for the FLT3 mutation, which Addie has. Our hope and prayer is that this first induction will get huge strides for us, huge strides, and show that Addie's being responsive to this chemotherapy treatment that we've already been told will not work. We're not believing that. We're going to beat this. We get her bone marrow biopsy results, and I remember I just lost it. Chris and I are both just crying our eyes out. And Addie's like, it's okay, guys. I just have to do more work. I just need to work harder. She'd always say that. I just need to work harder this time. And I'm like, kid, she has lost her hair. She is sick every single day. We are having candlelight vigils at the hospital. You know, they have their little team Addie signs. They have their, we love you, Addie. We have singing, praising, worshiping God. We have all of the things happening. And this girl is consoling us because we're the mess. And she says, Uh, I'll never forget. She's like, it's okay. Just, she'd always tell her, just tell me what I need to fight harder on. I'll figure it out. I just need to know what I need to fight. We come in and of course the chemo didn't work. She's still about 60% leukemia, which is not good. Also with the flip three, they give you what's called a roadmap and it has six blocks across. And the first one is the, is the best case scenario. And if you follow it down, it's kind of like shoots and ladders. If you follow it down, that's the best case scenario. So then it will tell you like induction one, induction two, induction three, and the bottom is remission. Well, when things happen and you're not doing the best, then they kind of go over to the right. And the very far right one is the one you don't want to be on. As soon as Addie tested positive for the flip three, we go on the column number five. As soon as Addie doesn't make in, in the induction chemo and she doesn't make remission, we go to column number six. And I remember asking the doctor, I said, what happens in this column? And she said, you don't want to know. because There's only four boxes. If you go four rounds of chemo and you don't make it, you don't have any other options. We were now heading into round two. It's not working. We get our bone marrow results. It didn't work. We head into round three. One of the nurses said, Addie's hair's growing back really nicely. And I said, it is. And he said, that's not a good sign. He said, the chemo that she's on, if it was working, it would be killing it. She'd be losing her hair because it was growing back. And he said, losing your hair is a good sign in the cancer world. Unless you do like cold cap therapy and those things. And I said, okay. And he said, it's not good, Stacy. So you need to start looking at some second opinions. So I call City of Hope and I ask them, again, the medical crap is crazy. I need to make an appointment. We want a second opinion for you guys. And she says, you can only make an appointment when you're out of the hospital. Now with AML, you only get to be out of the hospital for five days. And then you come right back for six weeks. Mind you, in these six weeks, Addie can only have four visitors. And those four visitors have to be the entire six weeks that you're there. You can't switch them out. So it was always Chris and I, at Tara and Sebastian and then we would get Lisa on the list because she would sit with Addie all day and that was like an act of Congress but you couldn't get Josh we couldn't get Andy we couldn't get her brothers we couldn't get you know her best friends it just was not allowed 
those are your people and those people are there for the entire induction. And then you couldn't have like half of them and then switch out halfway through. They didn't allow that either. So whoever was there, we needed to make sure that they could be there all the time. Because if they couldn't be there all the time, you couldn't be on the list because Chris and I were still having to try to work. I have a family at home. My best friend Cindy comes from Seattle and she literally lives at our house to take care of the kids because they're there. Gabriel gets accepted to the police academy. So he now has a ton that's going on. Our whole lives just literally got put on hold while we fight for Addie, which of course we would do in a second. But it was just crazy how everything just comes to a screeching halt. Fast forward, I talked to City of Hope and I'm asking them like, hey, what do we do? How do I get Addie in to see you? She has AML. This is our third round. We didn't meet it. She still has leukemia, active leukemia. I know there's going to be a point where this stops working and I feel like we're there. Well, until you're out of the hospital, we can't make you an appointment. Okay, so if we get out of the hospital on Monday, can I make an appointment for that week? Because we have to come back the following Monday. This time we're going to be out for a week. Sorry, we're 10 days out. I'm like, so how does that work? Like, I need to come into the hospital and you're telling me I can't make an appointment until I'm outpatient. But then by the time you could see me, we're back inpatient again and for six more weeks. Like, this is my daughter. You don't understand her life is hanging in the balance. So I go to Facebook. Someone has to know someone who knows someone at City of Hope that can help us. I have a few people reach out and they get us an appointment with the most amazing doctor. Her name is Dr. Shahani and she's fabulous. We explained to her that Addie has a bucket list because when we left Chalk, Addie said, I know they want to do another round, but I'm done. I want to go live my life while I feel good enough to live it. I've come to the conclusion I'm going to die. And I'm like, you're not going to die. She's like, I'm not going to beat this best friend. They told you that. I needed to already beat it. I know the roadmap shows I only have one more block and I go home on hospice. I don't want to do it. It's not going to work. This isn't working. You want me just to die in the hospital? I'm like, never, never want you to die in the hospital, kiddo. And she's like, but that's what's going to happen to me. I want to go and live. I want to do things. I want to live. And I'm like, okay. I said, let's create a bucket list. And she goes, can we? And I said, of course, kiddo. We create this bucket list. And it has 15 things on it. And this girl has some wild expectations of what she's going to do. And I'm like, best friend, this is so much stuff. And she's like, have you done all of those things? And I said, all but one. And she goes, exactly. And you're old. (laughs) Harsh. That's harsh. But okay, you're right. I'm old. So I'm like, fine. We'll do them all. We will make them all happen. I give you my word. But I'll do this if you do this for me. Let's go to City of Hope. I'm not going there. I'm done. I told you I'm done. I'm not checking into a hospital again for six weeks. I'm not seeing my friends. I'm not doing this. It's my life and you're not the boss of me. And I'm like, well, actually, <laughs> uh, a little bit of the boss of you and dad for sure is. So you're you're going back to the hospital. Let's just go see you. But I'm trying to negotiate with her. And I told her, I'm like, I feel like I'm negotiating with a terrorist because it's <laughs> if you do this, I'll do this. And I'm like, OK, Addie. So we go to City of Hope and I'm like, this is the day we get your miracle, kid. And one more day with you is a miracle to me. We sit down, Dr. Shahani, she explains to Addison that she goes, if you give me five days inpatient and Stacy's okay with driving you back and forth for the next five days, we'll do this chemo. I have a new chemo. It's it's a a state-of-the-art chemo. And I feel like it will work with AML. It's shown good progress. AML is a beast. The fact that you've already done three rounds and they haven't worked is not the best. Let's try this. Give me five days inpatient. As long as you don't have a fever and you don't have any massive side effects, I'll let you go home and then you can come back and forth for five days. Addie agrees. Only with a promise of a puppy. <laughs> Addie wants a puppy. Hence, here's Layla. If Addie can have a puppy, Addie will go to City of Hope and do City of Hope drugs and do chemo there and try. And I take Layla with me every day so she could see her. And it's just, that's her baby. And Addie says, you know, because I'm never going to have kids, best friend. This will be my kid. Because with chemotherapy, it made her sterile. So she wasn't going to be able to have babies. So this was her baby. And we respected that. We respected her with everything we had because she fought like nobody. Nobody ever should have to. And nobody I've ever seen before in my life was Addie fighting. We get incredible news at the end of September. The chemo's working. I remember saying, God is so good because... We've been doing this for months and it wasn't working. And now we finally have a chemo that's working. We go to another induction in October and the end of October. So we only do two rounds of City of Hope. 
November 10th, we're at Disneyland and Addie got a VIP trip, which was on her bucket list to do the plaid coats where they take you around like you're a movie star and get you in. And, <laughs> and honestly, it was more about Addie wanted to go to Disneyland, but we couldn't because Addie can't be in crowds and Addie can't stand for long periods of time. And Addie's still in treatment and harsh treatment and she's very weak. And she went from like 135 pounds to now about 120, 115. Addie is wants so bad to go to Disneyland. Like, we'll make it happen. So we have incredible friends that make Disneyland happen for Addie. We go to Disneyland. We're on the Spider-Man ride. Dr. Shahani calls me and she's like, Stacy, Addie's bone marrow results are back. Can you hear me? I said, yeah. She goes, can I talk to you and Chris and Addie, please? And I'm like, oh my gosh, because Addie already told us, even if they can help me, this is, I'm done. After this one, I'm done. Mm. I I just want to go live. I don't want to talk and think about cancer. Let me die in peace. She would always tell us that. I'm like, baby, please. And no kid should ever have to make that decision for themselves. No. And she had and she was sticking to it. This was it. And Dr. Shahani knew. Like, this was our only chance. And Addie's like, is she going to tell me I'm dying? And I said, I don't know, Addie. She just said she wanted to talk to all of us. So I put the phone on speakerphone and she starts crying and she could barely put her words together. And I'm like... Dr. Shahani, what is going on? And she said, Addie girl. And she's like, yeah, Dr. Shahani. And she goes, you're in remission, kid. Zero percent cancer was found. I feel like Disneyland in that moment erupted in this cheer. The plaid coat people were there. The people that worked there were standing with us. There was extra people that were behind us. And everybody just got to hear this news that we were told after Chuck, we would never hear our girls in remission. She's like, so you know what that means, right? We're going for a bone marrow transplant. You're going to live, kid. And Addie was like, I'm going to live. I just got used to the fact that I was going to die. And I looked at Chris and he said, I don't even know how she could ever be okay with that. And I said, me either. But now she doesn't have to be. So we're all hugging. We're crying. We're so excited. Addie is just just so excited. We spend the rest of the day there. We go Facebook Live that night because we have so many prayer warriors, so many people that are just, you know, love Addie like she was their own. That's why I always said our girl because she is. She's all of our girl. Like everybody has a vested interest in Addie beating this cancer. And we're very open and honest because we had asked Addie in the very beginning, like, are you okay with us sharing this? Because there's so many things we didn't know. And she's like, please. No kid should have to feel like this ever. Mm. So we get through um, this. It's pretty incredible. We're so excited. We now start the workup for the bone marrow transplant. In the midst of this, Addie goes septic. Addie is very, very ill. Which means infection. Yes, super infection where Addie coats. So we have this incredible news. We had actually taken to Addie to the hospital. She didn't feel good. She hadn't felt good for two days. And we kept talking to the doctors on the phone. They're like, it's okay. She's just not feeling good. It's kind of where we're at right now in um, the process. And she's going through a lot. Her body's really tired and weak. Maybe she just overdid it. And then I'm like, hey, kiddo. I said, are you feeling okay? And she's like, no, I'm not feeling the best. I'm like, I think it's time we go to the hospital. She doesn't have a fever. No, nothing. She just, she doesn't look right to me. So we take her to the hospital. On the way to the hospital, we put her in the car. On the way to the hospital, she's like, best friend, I can't feel my bottom and I can't move my arms. And I'm like, what do you mean you can't move your arms? And she's like, I don't know. They're not working. Chris pulls over to the side of the freeway. I'm on the phone with a doctor and the doctor's like, if you don't think you can get her here, I'm, we're, we're like 18 minutes away from the hospital. Just pull into a fire station and they'll get her here by ambulance. I'm like, Addie, do you think you're okay for 18 minutes, honey? Or are you not? And we don't know what's happening. We've never experienced any of this before. And these are the things they don't prepare you for. Like, there's no preparation for what's about to happen to our daughter. So I'm talking on the phone with the doctor. Chris is trying to help her. He's like, there's still no fever, babe. She's okay. I'm like, Addie, are you good? And she's like, yeah. She goes, they're just tingling really bad. I'm like, okay. So now Chris is driving super fast all the way out to City of Hope. We pull at City of Hope. And at first, they're telling us they won't take us until we get uh, checked from COVID in the very front office. <laughs> yeah. That's another story. So then we we finally get her in and the nurse comes in and she's like, draws Addie's labs. She starts giving Addie some medicine. Addie has allergic reaction to it. Addie starts having a seizure. I'm holding her. Chris is holding her. Now Chris is walking and screaming for someone to come and help us. We push the call button. They're not coming. It's called ETC. They're not coming. The nurse finally comes in and she gives Addie some Benadryl and it completely counteracts what just happened to Addie. But it's really bad. Addie's really sick. But she got really sick really fast really fast we get upstairs we're there we're talking to the doctor we're talking to the nurse and he's like again you saved this kid's life are you sure you're not in the medical field and I'm like no neither one of us like we and we don't want to be this is just our kid we're, we're in tune with our kid within an hour Addie Coates 
And I'm like, oh my gosh, they all rush in. They're all working on Addison. The rapid response team comes in. Another rapid response team comes in. And I had already given my word to Addie that if it ever gets really bad, I'll take you home. It won't make you stay here. We had lost several kids that we knew at Chalk. One of them that near and dear to our hearts, baby Chase. And he had passed away at the hospital. And Addie's like, I don't want to do that. I want to die at home. If I'm going to die, I want to die at home. I give you my word. If they tell me you're not going to make it, I will throw you over my shoulder and dad and I will carry you out or dad will fire me, carry you. We'll have the news vans following us home, kiddo, but we're going to be like on the run with you. And she would always laugh. And I'm like, I give you my word. I will not let you die here. Okay. So within my power, well, this time they're asking Chris, they're like, do you want us to keep her alive? Of course. I speak up. I'm like, do whatever you need to do to save her. my baby. And Chris is like, save her. Please, God, save her. And we're both telling them, like, save her. And Addie looks at me first time within an hour. She opens her eyes and she says, home. And I just lose it. Chris and I are just sitting on the corner, both crying and sobbing. And they're working on Addie. And I'm like, oh, my God. We promised her we would take her home. And here I am. Save her. Chris says, save her. Like, we're totally breaking the promise of what we told Addie, which is if it ever got really bad, we'd take you home. We won't allow you to stay here. We won't do this to you. And my poor girl, they take her to ICU. She's in ICU now for four days. And we had so many God moments, but we're we're kneeling next to Addie's bed and we're just praying over her. and We're just telling her she's going to be okay. And we're going to fix this. And, and I'm so sorry. I, I went back on my word, but I need it. I can't make that promise ever again because when they gave me an option of letting her go or saving her, it was to save her. And mm-hmm. she didn't want, she wanted a DNR. And we were like, absolutely not. That's where we draw the line. If they could save you, they're going to save you. And for the next four days, she was completely unconscious. She was so sick. She was so weak. She was just really, really, she completely went septic. She was in excruciating pain. Everything about it was just not looking good. Chris and I are just praying and I could hear someone like kind of ruffling behind the curtain and I'm like, is someone there? And the nurse opens it and it's two nurses, a doctor and the the PA and they're all praying and they're all crying. I'm going to pause you here because we are out of time today, but we're going to continue next week. I've been speaking with Stacy Conley, mother of Addie Conley, who, who passed away from an aggressive and rare form of leukemia, but Addie's legacy lives on. When we come back next week, we're going to hear the rest of Addie's journey and exactly how her parents, family, and loved ones are keeping her memory alive. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.